0: Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me this week from the Proper Tools podcast, my good friend, Mr. Jake Drews. What's going on, buddy? What is up, Vincent? How you doing, man? I, you know, I had to rehearse that in my head earlier because I was like, I hope I just don't say my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter, <laughs> because it's just it just would
1: have been really awkward to be you like, uh, I'm not. Ethan. Uh, I think that would have been hilarious. I think we should have just uh, played me up as Ethan this whole just time. Roll
0: with it the whole episode. Right. right? Just, just see if anyone noticed. Why not? Yeah, it's 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 really good to have you on. And I appreciate you uh, popping in for Ethan while he's in Rwanda. That's pretty awesome of you. So hey, anytime, anytime. And um you why don't you tell us? I know you've been a guest on the show. You were guest pretty recently, but for those that forgot, why don't you um tell our audience a little bit about yourself and you know your podcast and what you do? All right.
1: Well, my name is Jake. Uh I also <laughs> Hi,
2: <have> a... <laughs> Jake.
1: <laughs> Hi Vincent. Um I yeah, I have a podcast uh with my friend Sean Walworth. We do the Proper Tools podcast. Um, where we, we're just a couple of tools just chatting for like an hour. Uh, usually it's maker related, but, uh, I know equally it's not as maker related. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we can talk about all kinds of different stuff. It's just a lot of fun. And then, uh, I also have a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. uh, called make with Jake, where I just make a bunch of stuff and do tips and tricks and efficiency stuff and just have a lot of fun. So, um, that's something that's definitely growing really fast lately. So I'm putting more and more energy into that YouTube YouTube project as we go.
0: That's because you reviewed one of the most popular things that's in the entire universe in most people's wood shop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's it's funny. I I so you know I always talk about New York Woodworks, Al. Um he actually just traded in a big ass Powermatic um a big ass Powermatic planer for the DeWalt seven thirty five.
2: Oh, like it's,
0: yeah. it's like everyone has this planer. I, 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 I just feel like it's the one tool. I know DeWalt makes decent tools, but this is the one tool that nobody has
1: made better than they do. As well, far no as one like makes an equivalent. No. And they, it's, you have people like don't understand. planers that are portable. And then you have, like you said, that powermatic or that kind of mm-hmm. more industrial mm-hmm. pro grade mm-hmm. level. And this thing sits right in the middle. And yep. I, I don't understand why no one makes a, a competitor
0: and they're all th- it's funny because they're all that lunchbox style which i think are just terrible and i've i've seen the wood going into them on videos that people do and it's like how do you not have like four miles of snipe on every one of your boards and i was talking to rory about his because he has the rycon <laughs> with the yeah. helical head yeah. and i'm like oh I, when I, we were talking after he got it and i'm like you know um, I really, really wish I had gotten it. He goes, I really, really wish I hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: oh no. Yeah, oh, we God. talked about that. He's a little bummed out. I think he's um <laughs> starting to get used to it, though. I mean, oh, any yeah, of those lunchbox planners. Once you figure it out, you can make it work for you. Yeah, he mitigates it by strapping boards on that are like seven inches longer than what he's putting <laughs> through it now. It's like, yeah, I did I have a have couple ex- comments that were. They were called me out on saying that uh, there wasn't that much snipe on the Dewalt. There's not, and I was like, <sighs> I mean, go Comparatively. measure it, <laughs> and and also like don't take an eighth inch bite every time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I not for nothing, but I tend to get really aggressive with it, and every once in a while I'll take a little too much, and that's about the only time it digs a little too hard at the front of it. But no, I did it, it, for all intents and purposes, it's it's a great tool, and it's it's funny that you you're kind of you hit your stride one with the post about you know the woodworking channels the other woodworking channels to follow Uh, yeah and then a tool review and i'm starting (laughs) to wonder like are you going to be like the plug everyone and do tool reviews channel soon like is that going to be your thing
1: Uh, i don't know i did another tool well i didn't do a review because i didn't have the router for very long i did an overview Mm -hmm. and that kind of bombed but it's not a very popular product it's Um, yeah it's
0: well i mean it's 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 interesting if you'd done the saw (laughs) it's probably you would have five Thousand old timers going, I remember when I had the
1: magnesium
0: one in 1962.
1: It was amazing. <laughs> you know, maybe I should get that saw and, and talk about how much better it is than the old one. You really should. I need to get, really get an should. old one and the new one and just just totally
0: <laughs> hey engagement en- <laughs> engagement is engagement. And if Troll people are commenting trolls, man. exactly, Troll if they're trolls. commenting to tell you they hate you, they're still commenting. That's what exactly. I always say. Hey, it counts. So we have an interesting guest this week. Um, a guest that We've I've been following um, this company on Instagram forever, probably I don't know, since I started since I feel like since I started doing woodwork, because it just they were just always there as far as I knew. Um, and Ethan and I were talking about them a couple of weeks ago, and I talked about how I started using their products. And I thought, you know, there is no better way to talk about a product than to have the people who created it actually on the show i mean that's what we have the show for so we get to talk to the people that wouldn't give us the time of day otherwise i kid i kid (laughs) funny how that works right yeah right i mean hey it's a great hey it's a great way to get your foot in the door with people who wouldn't talk to you i'm not gonna lie it's the perk of being a podcast host but this week we have the one and only eric albrecht from bumble shoots what's going on eric how you doing gentlemen how we doing (laughs) fantastic living the dream my friend living the dream (laughs) oh right on right on but I, I, I know you haven't been around forever, but it does feel like I've known about you forever. So why don't you tell us the um, the origin story of Bumble Shoots as a company? Because, like I said, I feel like it's just kind of always been there, but I know it hasn't. So why don't you tell, give us a little backstory on that?
3: Yeah, you know, that ended up being kind of a a nice thing that came from the extra time during COVID, you know, in the early stages of it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously there's plenty of terrible things, but uh, this was one of the, the lights uh, that, that came from this, uh, this pandemic. But uh, if we back up to like 2014, 15, Um, I was a pilot in the military and I was deployed at the time. And when I got home, my wife had this really nice cutting board that she was afraid to use because she wasn't sure how to take care of it. And it wasn't easy finding a product that she wanted to use. And, um, she ended up going, um, you know, big box store, maybe it was Amazon, but she bought something and I looked at the label and I was like, Oh, that's, you know, it's just beeswax and mineral oil. I can do something like that. So anyways, shelved it for a few years. Fast forward to COVID and suddenly I wasn't working as much in my full time job. And uh, here I am running through, you know, the the black hole known as YouTube and watching a ton of woodworking videos. And here we are. It's like, oh yeah, that guy made uh, something for his cutting board. I forgot I was going to look into that.
2: (laughs) So then I was like,
3: huh, you know, I, I really think I can make something better. So I started doing about two, two and a half months of research going through all the different type of ingredients that can benefit wood but then also make it so it's easy to use and then also smell great and try to formulate like this all-in-one product that you know can really be something that we can use in the house uh so then i come up with this you know this laundry list of ideas and ingredients and then uh, i go to my wife i was like hey crystal do you mind if i spend like 224 bucks on amazon to get some uh you know, wood care products. And she's <laughs> 224 bucks. I don't care. Just do whatever you want to do. And, um, that's kind of how it started. Uh, so that was, you know, what may June or so of 2020. And then, um, I ended up throwing it up on a, and it uh, was in an Etsy store and had these cool little spice jars that I thought were different to help, you know, make it stand out and whatever. And, um, I ended up coming up with this, you know, all in one wood conditioner product that, we put in the jars and we sold out of them. And then I was able to just keep rolling in the profits to move it into the business. And we've been slowly growing, you know, self-sustaining really ever since.
0: It's, it's, a, it's interesting. I noticed one thing on the label, cause I use the all in one wood conditioner on the boards that I make. Um, and I switched from a competing product because one of the things I hated about the competing product was that it goes on wet. And when you, when you're making a lot of cutting boards, you don't want to have them sitting there drying like it's the worst most annoying thing in the world to have to you know you take it out you wipe it down and you put it on the counter and then five minutes later it's wicking oil and it's just the most annoying thing in the world so one of the things i like about this is that it kind of goes on it's not dry dry it's soft but it's semi dry and once you buff it in you're pretty much done you can let it sit at room temperature for a little while just buff it again and you're pretty much done but i noticed something you put in yours and i've told people that they need to put this in their conditioners and they don't. And you do. So I'm kind of curious as to the reasoning behind it. But you put vitamin E in yours also. And I keep I've always told people that vitamin E makes a huge difference. Um what what is what does the vitamin E do that makes it worthwhile to put in a like a board conditioner like
3: this? Well you know it's it's something that I wanted to have a product that could last a long time. Mm -hmm. And the vitamin E really helps prolong, if you want to call the the oxidation or the lifespan of the different oils that we have in it. So it just mm-hmm. overall, it helps with the shelf life of the product. Okay, uh, And then you move um, that in with the type of vitamin E that we use, which is completely all natural. Um, it helps with the viscosity to get that proper texture you've been talking about. Yep. That's, that's the one
0: thing. I, that's the one thing I really like is it doesn't, it doesn't stay greasy. Like it goes on after you buff it, it, you don't, your fingers don't get that slick feeling when you rub it down. Even initially <laughs> after it sits for a while, it gets even more, it kind of bonds more to the wood. It disappears more into it, but it doesn't have that, that weird greasy feeling that the the one I was getting at home Depot did. And that yeah. was, it used to drive me crazy about it. And when you sent, um, you sent Ethan the stuff, And I'm like, okay. if Ethan's going to use it for leather, (laughs) I can probably (laughs) use it on actual wood, which is kind of what it's there for. It's good enough for leather. It's good enough for cutting boards. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I remember putting it on the first time and I'm like, all right, let's see how this works. So I put it on and the first board I did, I used to have to take about two days for a board to dry. And now it's like I can finish a board. I went from I go from you know cutting and gluing to finish board and shipping now in 3 days which is about 2 days faster than i used to be able to do boards sure. just because of the way this goes on i really i i said i said in the um pre-show i didn't really want to kiss your ass because it sounds <laughs> terrible to just sit there and kiss someone but but your the all-in-one wood conditioner has saved me days in making cutting boards, and when I'm making a bunch of them at once, it's just it's a godsend. I, I love it. It's it's a fantastic product.
3: No, I'm just- so happy to hear that because that's something that we are striving for. Is that it's just you know this entire you know it's it's really uh, like in the avi- aviation is- industry we call it a preventative maintenance type of product. So mm-hmm. pretty much that's one of those things that it is a every few weeks you're going to have to reapply the wood because the wood's going to be drying out. So when I was coming up with this idea of a product, I really wanted to have something that is easy to use and once you do it once, you're not going to have to go back to the instructions to read it again. It's it's easy mm-hmm. and and like you're saying it's um, there's not really a cure time to it. It's it's you put it on, you can buff it and you're ready to go. Yeah, you buff it, it's
0: done. It's it's, it's it was such a it was so like I don't understand why I wasn't using this earlier, but how did you? Um, so you you are you are now. Your your job is you are a commercial airline pilot. Um, what was your? I mean, it's it's such a weird transition. It's such a weird transition. Like, <laughs> how much of your how much of your life is now balanced? You know, how much is Bumble shoots versus how much is your day job now?
3: Like, well, yeah, it's something else. It's just. <laughs> before I became like a full-time pilot, even before I started college, I was always into woodworking with my grandfather and, and he would always kind of, you know, show me all of his cool tools and we were able to build things in his, in his shop. And it's cool. Like I, I actually have uh, cause we have a 15 month old boy now and in his room, he has the wheelbarrow that my grandpa and I made back when I was, you know, really young. So like I've been doing woodworking for as, as long as I can remember. And uh, it's more or less been a hobby. Um, and then started flying for the airlines here within the last you know decade, and it's it's really nice because the whole thought process is, um, I have a very active mind, and it's very it's really difficult for me to turn it off. But I was thinking about it like, what else can I do? Because the last thing I want to be doing in a hotel room, like on a layover, is think you know here's YouTube and just kind of just watch YouTube, even though it's super informative. I feel like it's the, the, our generation's library, you know, you can learn stuff at such a rapid pace, but I was thinking a lot of other guys that I fly with, they're either doing, um, investing, whether it's real estate or other financial opportunities. But I was thinking to myself, it's like, well, I really love woodworking and I feel like there's this really cool area that I'm very fascinated about. And it's something that, it's super convenient when I'm I'm home and I'm in my shop. I can do the manufacturing and shipping process. But while I'm on the road, I can do more of the social media and and product development and and coordinate with other makers. And uh, so it is a really difficult balancing act. And you throw in the the fact that my wife is due with our baby girl within the next couple of days. So it is um, there's it's a, there's a <laughs> lot going on at the moment. But yeah, when um, we were booking you yeah. when
0: we were booking you for this episode, it was um, we were one of the considerations was, hey, look, we got to get it in before like the last week of January because, you know, we're going to be like right in the baby danger zone at that point. Oh,
3: yeah. (laughs) But it's, you know, the other thing that's really cool about the airline side of things is that we, it's all seniority based so we can bid for what schedules we want. Mm -hmm. And I was able to finish work yesterday and then I'm done for the rest of the month. So it allows me the opportunity. Now I can really focus, you know, moving forward, going to different craft shows or, or maker events or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, It allows me the opportunity to really get more engaged and have this other full-time job with Bumble Shoots. Do
0: they just so for for people for people like me who are not acquainted with how it works, do they just give you a set like a thousand hours a month and then that's it? And then when you hit your thousand, you're like, okay, you're done for the month. We'll see you in February. Is that how it works? Or like, Yeah,
3: pretty much, but instead of a thousand, it's it's roughly <laughs> like seventy-five. So um, Wait, it's seventy five hours? Correct. But you think okay. about it, that's that's actually like flying hours um yeah, so that, oh, that's it. a lot
1: of time in the air yeah, yeah that's not yes. your commuter time or your light over <laughs> and all that Although stuff i do
0: feel like that's how long it takes me to get from point a to point b in new york most days so <laughs> yeah, but i do understand wow so 75 hours you hit 75 hours and it's like okay we'll see you uh get you back in the air on the first of the next month then Yeah, that's
3: pretty much it. And it's, it's one of those things like it, it sounds, you know, like if I tell somebody, yeah, I only work 75 hours a month or like, that's, that's it. That's, you know, two weeks (laughs) for me, but really there, you don't count in, you know, all the time that it takes to get the airplane ready and everything, because we don't actually start getting paid until we're getting ready to push from the gate. And then we're paid then until we go back into the next gate. So all of the pre-flight and post-flight, we normally don't get paid for that. So um, there's a lot of extra time that goes into it that, um, you know, it's accounted for with the salary. So it, it evens out. Delays really.
0: on the tarmac must piss you off so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
3: you know, it's really not too bad. Um, it's very, you know, like it, it helps my mind go cause it's, um, I've always been a problem solver. So typically if we have a delay, there's, you know, normally something we can do to help out and, um, I've always been someone who loves talking to people. So I feel like that's one of the, the downsides I've seen at uh, certain airlines is that they just don't talk to, um, you know, the, the folks in back as much just because it's, you know, there's, why are we sitting here for 30 minutes? You know, and there's the uncertainty <laughs> right. in, there in this, you know, aluminum tube for 30 <laughs> minutes. I don't know what's going on.
2: Yeah, you could yeah have it's left definitely
3: us- an interesting thing. Uh, my brother's a
1: pilot too. Uh, he just got moved up to captain. So, Oh cool. um, yeah, kind of a similar thing. So he's always telling stories about yeah, you know, his uh layovers and dealing with those delays and all that stuff. So yeah, definitely challenging.
0: I was so into the idea of being a pilot when I was younger because my grandfather my grandfather was a pilot. He was in um he was a left blister on, I believe, a B nineteen in World War Two. Cool. Um wow. I actually have his wings on my desk right here in front of me. And he was um, he was a private pilot after that. Like he was he went from private pilot and he was a private pilot for a couple of years and then he got his instructor's license and he started teaching and he did that for he owned planes up until like the late 70s. Like right (laughs) until right after I was born. So I never got to fly with my grandfather. My father used to tell stories about how he used to do crazy things in the air. Like he liked to make my father throw up in the plane. That was his favorite thing to do. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like that was like in my DNA. And I just kind of like went, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Uh... I was terrified. It was weird because I was terrified to fly for so long. And the first time I flew, you ready for this one? Was April of 2002, which means I got to see all the post 911 stuff like no, I had no. never flown before 9/11 so I have no idea what flying was like but I'll, I hear all these stories like, oh yeah, you know I used to walk everyone to the gate and yeah you know, the security check was like, yeah, you could pretty much pass it with anything in your pocket and it's like,
3: yeah was <laughs> yeah, really really funny the, uh, the flight deck door open as well, you know yeah. and I mean it's completely different now. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I got really spoiled at my last job. We had our own plane. And uh, I mean, it was a four seater Cirrus. It wasn't anything super fancy, but it was still pretty cool to be able to land at kind of like regional or local airports and just hop out of your car, open up the gate, walk out to the plane, hop in and you're in the air. You know, like a few I minutes feel, later.
0: I feel like that's the holy grail. Like that's the holy grail for like normal people. It's like to yeah. fly once, like on a private plane,
1: like a small private plane, just once in your life. Like, oh, it was it was so much fun. I mean, it's also like, you just yeah, I don't know. It's a small plane, so there's some <laughs> there's some uh, scariness involved, but uh, of course, <laughs> it's still super fun and
3: yeah. But you know what's nice about those are like the you know those are more or less the top of the line. Four seater airplanes, and they come with a parachute. And yeah, ours had a parachute. One, one yeah. parachute though, one, right? parachute. just one. Yeah, and it, it just goes, and um, you know, you just pull the red handle, and then the parachute pops from the uh, the top of the airplane. It's pretty cool. I almost bought one once too. It's, uh, it didn't work out, but uh, they're really cool airplanes. Wait, you wait, you're not kidding.
0: <laughs> I, yes. There is actually a parachute yeah. on. Yeah, I thought the, you meant so... the parachute for the passengers. I'm like, well, that's kind of crappy. They only like, put one. Yeah, you're way. like, hey.
1: You know you oh. don't have any practice jumping out of airplanes, but today's the day. Yeah, it's like <laughs> no. Hunger Games, like whoever survives gets the ha- gets the uh, parachute. Wow. Yeah, no, yeah. the the whole plane has a, a parachute. So um and it's really Cirrus and I think one other company has this technology. Wow. But yeah, basically if uh, they get in a real bad situation they can pull a chute and it'll, you know, parachute down. And um yeah, I mean you don't ever want to do that because you know you'll survive but I, <laughs> li- living did, and being comfortable are two different yeah. things
3: yeah <laughs> and that's what uh, insurance is for i suppose <laughs> right <laughs> kind of the airplane at that point but but you know that was the th- actually that was the exact reason we decided to pull out from the the deal it was another um, military officer and i were going to go um, half and half on one of these cirruses and uh and it ended up being just the parachute cost because it has to get expected every, inspected every, I, I believe, seven years. And it's yeah. like a $14,000 cost. And, I mean, you can factor and average that out per flight hour, but um, it ended up just being a little bit too much for us. Yeah, and it's
1: time-consuming. So we use that plane for work, you know, to fly to customers and stuff. And, um, yeah, when they would take it in to do that inspection, it'd be out for a couple of weeks or, I don't know, maybe more than a month. It's quite a while. Yep. and it was a, it was a bummer because then we either just couldn't go or we had to drive and eh, I'm no just fun. saying, though
3: it's it's so nice to it saves so much time where you can just pull up get in the airplane and go rather than having to deal with Tsa and everything and you know it's funny you say it because it's like I I think about that when we have all of our passengers and customers get on board our airplane, because it's like, that's, it gets so stressful, especially the early morning flights where Mm -hmm. it's like, you're rushing to the airport, then you have to deal with security and then you're trying to get to uh, the gate and everything. It's just, (laughs) it's a lot to deal with just to go from a to B. So it's super appreciative. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so convenient. And, um, yeah, and we could fly from. I'm in uh, like northern, well, mid Michigan here, southeast mid Michigan, and so we'd fly from here out west to Chicago and back, and be home by you know late dinner. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's freaking awesome! You can't, and so to drive there, that that's like a day of driving, just you know to get out there and halfway back. So, oh yeah,
0: in your in your about page, I noticed that you. Um, I mean, I get it, you were a, you were a helicopter pilot. You, you ran medevac for um for the Army.
3: Right, and yeah, I flew, flew Blackhawks for, what was it, six or seven years.
0: It's so interesting to me because I've not, I don't know, and I do know a couple of people who are, you know, who did some kind of crossover like from military to civilian, but I've never heard of anyone going from helicopter to airlines. I feel like that's almost like a new thing for me. Is that is that more common than I know or is it?
3: You know, it, it is not that common okay? Uh, because it's unless you flew because like if we back up to post Vietnam era, we had an influx of helicopter pilots and mm-hmm. those individuals were able to go. And you think about this strictly really the, the helicopter jobs. Uh, say, medevac, or they're flying to oil rigs, or they're doing crop dusting, you know, there, there aren't that many opportunities with helicopters compared to, or I guess like newscasters, you know, they'll, they'll check the highways for, right, right. for traffic, but there aren't that many opportunities. Um, and then you fast forward now, those individuals they're starting to retire. so those jobs are coming up. However, you look at the difference um, for the career opportunities, say with the airlines or even with corporate opportunities there, um, it's just it's something that you can earn a lot more overall. Um, mm-hmm. and so now these, uh, what's called like regional airlines, kind of like the minor leagues for the major leagues type of a deal, the regionals <laughs> get the experience there. However, they, they just in the last, you know, 10 years or so, they've been starting these things called, uh, rotary transition programs where they will take helicopter pilots that when you leave say army aviation, um, right off the bat, you have a commercial and instrument, uh, rating and ticket. So, that allows you to earn money to fly and when you have that then these are the RTP the rotor transition program they'll be able to go and take you on an abbreviated fixed wing program or an airplane program and and get going from there so it's it's becoming more popular than it used to be
0: Interesting. Yeah, because there's like gotta be there's gotta be like a weird, um, almost like a training gap between what you need to know to fly a helicopter and what you need to know to fly a plane. I mean, they're not. It's not just you know the same levers and whatever, and you're just in something different. Like it's a whole different skill set. I imagine that you do have a lot of muscle memory that kind of has to be retrained in order to get you flying planes from helicopters. Right, like planes
1: don't hover as well.
0: <laughs> they tend not to. <laughs>
3: it's funny because you know how Facebook has the memories that pop up if you have that whatever. And there's uh, there's a time when I was I was a fixed wing instructor back in you know the early 2000s or so, like two, oh, I shouldn't say early, but 2008 2009, and uh, there was a video that I put up on Facebook, and we were in a small Cessna four seater. And there was such a headwind that when we did what's called <laughs> slow flight, like so much when you're getting ready to land, you're in slow flight. Well, you can do that well up in the air as well, um, and that's part of the training process. We work on stalls, so we're in that configuration. And there was a video of us flying, you know, at several thousand feet, but the camera was panning to the left and right, and we weren't moving anywhere because we had such a strong headwind. <laughs> Only time I've hovered in an airplane, so at least I got it on tape
0: it's the first time a non-harrier slash non-osprey hovered (laughs) right (laughs) i remember and i could be i could be mistaken but i'm noticing uh, people that listen to this podcast know that i'm a bit of a packaging nerd and i really really like the way people present their products i feel like that's something that's often overlooked it's like oh if i got a nice product how it comes doesn't matter and i actually think the literal opposite i think part of the product is the experience of opening it of seeing it of it looking like an actual product you went through if i remember correctly you can correct me if i'm wrong but didn't you go through some kind of rebranding recently relatively recently um, Where you either changed your you changed your logo or your labels or you changed the design of your package. I know you changed from like those candly spice jars to more of a traditional jar, but did you did you change your labels, your branding or
3: slightly. I uh- And it's, it was more, we had the transition because the, when I came through this initial phase of creating the all-in-one wood conditioner, that was our very first product and everybody was using mineral oil in it. And I was thinking, okay, cool. Um, and so we incorporated that in our first version of the all-in-one wood conditioner and we had them in those jars. And then I was looking at like ergonomics and they're cool spice jars. And the whole thought is to be able to more or less rinse out. What you had, reuse it, and then for spices or whatever you want to use them for, cool. Um, and then we went into the straight-sided jars that we have today, so that hasn't changed. But then with the rebranding, what we ended up doing was deciding we we wanted to have two businesses within a business, two separate uh, parts. So you have the one part that is for homeowners that want to have like a kitchen based product and the other that's more for the the shop maker that Mm -hmm. um wants to have something so there's a little bit more room for um you know the profits at the end of the day so a bulk product that you can earn a little bit more and and still enjoy the product um even though it's not the the glass container product of the um the kitchen based so it really just depends um on on what you're looking for but in terms of rebranding we ended up going and deciding all right we want to have these cool straight sided jars with cool colors that you can you can see like that that looks interesting and and that's what we have now is with the uh, the hydrating wood serum which was our second product that we came up after the all in one wood conditioner and now the, the hydrating wood serum, as well as our all-in-one wood conditioner, completely petroleum-free, meaning we decided to go with a different ingredient instead of having the mineral oil. So that's why we have a special version of a, a coconut oil that won't go rancid and smell after some time. So it's a specially formulated ingredient. Um, and then that way, it's, it's completely all natural, even though mineral oil as well. Um, but that's kind of the, the first big rebranding we've done. That was I a love, mouthful, but I
0: love the, I love the reason I asked is because I was wondering who actually, did you guys do your own packaging or did you have someone help you out? Because it is actually really, really nice. It looks really good. It's, it's super professional. It's, it tells you, it's funny because on the all-in-one wood conditioner, you have lemons on the label. And when I saw that, when I opened, I'm like, oh, I wonder what the, I wonder if, the, I, I mean, I kind of knew it was going to smell like lemons, obviously. And I opened it up I'm like, wow, that is a lot of lemon. And, I, I just like that the whole thing, it's just like a whole experience. It's like opening um it's like opening a candle from Yankee Candle. You know, you <laughs> look at the label and it's like, oh, that's what this is gonna smell like and you open the jar, it's like and that's what it smells like. <laughs> um but who did your who did your packaging? Did you guys do that yourself
3: or Yeah, overall, um I worked with a label designer and and we went through so many different variations <laughs> and ended up combining two that we really liked into what we have today. And then you throw that in with uh, each of our containers, you know, depending on the side of business we have. So if you're getting a product that is meant for the kitchen, it's going to be made out of glass or it's going to come in a glass container. And then we have these really – it's a really cool, like, confetti paper that Mm -hmm. is our two colors, you know, with the yellow and the blue. And it's really like – we wanted to have just the, wow, this is really cool, like a gift type of – you open it up and it's not just – packing peanuts or just, you know, bubble wrap. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously they're, they're fine, but we're looking at it. It's like, well, if we can use paper, you know, that helps with the, the planet a little bit and it helps with the, the end result is that you're enjoying opening up something that you purchase because that's the entire thing is what we want to provide is not just a superior product, but we also want to provide an experience that's going to bring you back to doing this, you know, preventative maintenance and um, keeping care of your board because that's the thing is like the, especially with these, you know, cool cutting boards that everybody's making these days. It's Mm -hmm. just, you don't want them to fall apart. And we just want people to be able to take care of them after they spend so much money. And it really is an investment.
0: Well, we've talked, we've talked on this podcast, um, about the, the product that I use for the boards that I sell. Um, the ones that I, the, the stuff that I include in the packaging. And one of the things I realized, um, I've, I still get this question all the time as I sell boards. Um, you know, I don't know, people literally tell me, I don't know what to do with a nice board. Like, I don't know how to take care of it. I don't know what to do. And when It was At first, I was just selling the boards, right? I would sell the board, put it in a box, and wrap it up, and people would get a board, and everybody would be happy, and everything was great. And I'm sitting there, and one of my friends started making a, a product to condition boards. You know, after X number, when it starts to get a little bit dry, you buff this into it, and it takes care of it. And what I realized was, oh, you know what? People really don't know what to do with these boards. Like, they literally don't know. They're scared. You know, they're either <laughs> – they're scared to use them, which is always yeah. funny to hear. Like, somebody will tell me, like, oh, that board's too pretty. I've, I have actually had someone order a second board from me in plain maple because they didn't want to use the first one because it was too pretty.
1: Like, they had <laughs> I, to have a second board. It It's the because- same same for me. I, I don't make a lot of cutting boards, and certainly not like you do, Vincent, but uh, – yeah, um, a few years ago, I made a cutting board for someone my wife works with. Mm-hmm. We went to their house, the, um, I don't know, a week or two ago. And they kind of had it sitting like in the corner in the kitchen, like kind of on display. And I was like, yeah, it's yeah. that board. And she's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, we, lo- we love how it looks, but we're so scared to use it. Like, you've but what it for two years and you don't use it? <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> And what I started doing was I, I started including a can of this stuff with instructions, so that when people ask me like, "What do I do with this board when I get it?" It's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. I got you covered," you know. And I think you've I think you kind of hit you've hit the mark with that because I didn't realize that that was a thing until I'd sold a lot of boards. And then I started just including it because, it, you know, I buy it wholesale. It costs me X number of dollars. It goes in the packaging and I give it to a customer. But I think you're on to something where people, you know, they you want to make it easy for people to take care of boards because not everybody knows, you know, they buy a board and it's like, oh, I know I bought a really nice board now what?
3: <laughs> right. And that's the thing is my wife is extremely smart. And when she came to me with that type of question that, you know, for me personally, I was like, Oh, that should be pretty easy to take care of it. You know, just, you know, look it up. And when she didn't know, I was thinking, all right, we may have something here because mm-hmm. it's definitely, um, it's, it's, it's surprising because everybody, you know, is, you know, cutting vegetables on something. So, or they have, uh, say, wooden spatulas or the utensils or bowls or something that they can easily use our products on to help lengthen the lifespan of these.
0: Is there anything, is there anything with Bumble shoots in particular that you wished you had done a little bit differently when you were starting it up? Is there anything where you went, oh, that's a misstep, but we can fix that? Or has it been pretty smooth sailing since you set up?
3: You know, it definitely has not been smooth sailing. You know,
1: <laughs> I love it. and that as lightly
3: as possible. But I, I
0: love the level of honesty. By the way, <laughs> I really I appreciate that. Like,
1: yeah, it's pretty smooth sailing. Yeah, no,
0: it's just it. been
3: rainbows since day one. You know, everything's great. Every day's perfect, but it's not the truth. So, uh, <laughs> no, like it's it's really comes down to my anxiousness with getting the product to the people, and it we, what was it? I think it was the, it was either the hydrating wood serum or the woodworker's oil um, or both. Cause I'm fairly certain actually, now that I think of it, it's every one of our products it's so far, <laughs> except for the last uh, couple where I get so amped up to get the product out there that I throw together a, you know, a label on avery.com and print my own labels with their, you know, templates. And then I printed it here, you know, on the, our inkjet sitting next to me and I'm thinking, all right, well. Here we go. And obviously, you know, it's just rushing the product, you know, and that's not, you know, what we want to do. And um, we haven't gotten it perfect quite yet, but uh, that's just one of the, you know, insights on things that I'm wanting to do better. And um, there's that's the, the fun part of this is that there are so many challenges to try to figure out. And uh, we're getting closer. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) So this is why. That's why. That's what I was kind of getting toward. I I like how you read my mind. This is very good. This is very good because one of the things that that happens with a product, especially one that has like a bunch of popularity right up front as it's coming into its existence, is well, what's the follow-up? You know, there's a reason. There's a reason people talk about the sophomore jinx. It's it's not it's not unknown to you know anybody making any kind of product where you drop the first one it's a huge hit and drop the second one it's like "Mm, yeah you can do something
1: once but can you do it again yeah exactly another question
0: is that's exactly kind of what i was getting at like this is there was there that feeling of "Uh uh-oh 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 you know we had the first product now what
3: (laughs) a little bit uh, um but i think that it was just there was there was a, so much, um, emphasis on the wax. And I was thinking, you know what, I feel like, all right, what if we took the wax out and, and strengthened the ratios and, and adjusted a few things, you know, what else could we do and keep the product separate? Because that's the consistency is so important. And some mm-hmm. people only want an oil. Some people only want a you know, a real wax type of consistency. So what can we do separately? And that's where the, the, I guess if you want to call it the sophomore product was the, the hydrating wood serum mm-hmm. where we did exactly that. And we com- completely omitted any sort of wax in it. So we took out the beeswax and the carnauba wax. And then suddenly, you know, we, we have this hydrating wood serum that is perfect to soak into the wood and the, the wax isn't getting in the way. So what's great is that it can ha- properly hydrate the wood fibers and and keep everything because i'm sure you've dealt with this in the past where it's just the specifically cutting boards they're going to start to warp and -hmm. then they start cracking and and having that that hydrating wood serum will just soak in there and it just keeps it in the perfect balance and it's it i mean we've been using it on our boards now for shoot what almost two years i think i think
0: one of the things one of the things that I I always worry about when I have a, somebody that has a product on the podcast is that the it becomes more of a – it almost sounds like it becomes more of an ad, right? And I don't want people to think that this is just an extended ad for your company because you're giving <laughs> people – it's true. You're giving – there's a lot of information in here like how do you – What what's the process? How did you come up with this, you know? we're going to get to the name in a minute because I want to know how the name came about, but you know, stuff like how did the label get its design? How did you figure out what goes in the products? What was the development of that? Like, you know, all this stuff, this, the product life cycle is something that a lot of makers will start making something and it's like, okay, now what, you know, or they'll, they'll develop something and it's, it doesn't have to be, you know, cutting board, cutting board conditioner or anything like that. It could be literally any product. And I think a lot of us are, you know, a little bit in short in knowledge on how to build a product and build a brand and do the whole thing. I mean, you have, you have multiple products now. You have a, a pretty strong brand name and pretty strong brand recognition in our space, at least. And right. I think, you know, tapping into that, how did you get here? How did you get there? I think that's important information for a lot of us. A lot of people want to turn this into from a side hustle into their hustle. And you can't do that without talking to people that have actually been there. So just to allay any fears, I don't want you guys to think that this is just, you know, we had Eric on to just do an infomercial for Bumble Shoots, even though Ethan and I both love the products. It's that... (laughs) And Jake. And Jake.
1: I don't even have it yet, but I'm just... (laughs) I'm just fascinated <laughs> by this. It's like Jake, I thought we were talking to Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> He's but gone. He, I think
0: what's I think what's great about it though is I think I, I appreciate how much you shared with, you know, the process of getting there and the process of how you came up with the 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 product, the products itself, what it's like going from product one to product two, which is always the hardest one to do. I think it's, I think it's great that you're sharing that with our, with our audience. And I really appreciate that.
1: So yeah. And what I'm really interested in, you kind of reminded me, Vincent was, um, I was going through your website and looking at some of these products and you mentioned testing a lot. Like what is your testing look like for Ooh, some of this I stuff. Because... I, I had I had
0: that on my mental list and I forgot <laughs> that. Gotcha. Got this, this is why my subs are always podcast hosts. <laughs>
1: right. And but yeah, the testing is interesting to me. I'm interested to hear about your testing because um, you know, my first thought when I'm kind of looking at some of this stuff, uh, when Vincent told me about it earlier. Um, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, you know, mineral oil and some paraffin wax or something like that. But digging in, it's really interesting. You have, like, other other stuff going on and now listening to you. You've got other ingredients in there. So, like, what does your, like, testing regimen look like?
3: Yeah, I mean, when it, it, it takes forever, you know, a lot longer than I mm-hmm. want it to, but it's, it's much better to wait and get the proper product out than try to do a, you know, version two or version three, which is kind of what we did with the all-in-one wood conditioner. Um, but I think it was worth it to change out the mineral oil for the fractionated coconut oil. But with that, um, when last, uh, what was it spring of Uh, 2020, I ended up making these really cool uh, garden boxes out of some cedar on our porch. And I was thinking, huh, I think this would be an awesome test. This is just one example. So I put the wood conditioner on one of the boxes and the other one, I didn't do anything. And to this day, uh, you can see, and mind you, I'm in Southern New Hampshire, so we're getting a full four seasons up here and it's hitting all elements. And, and you can tell a huge difference between the cedar box that received the all-in-one wood conditioner compared to the one that didn't and it was just one application and the one that ended up getting the application still you know you can see that it's beating water off of it it hasn't cracked the other one is cracked it started getting uh dirty and you can see that there's and you know with that we even had a sprinkler system for the herbs that my wife put in there so it was getting constant treatment um and that was one of our tests just to see how waterproof is this carnauba wax and beeswax that we use. Um, <laughs> so that's just a little bit of an insight, but then, um, you know, I'll, you know, talk to different makers and and send some of our tests out to different people and say, Hey, this is kind of what you want to use it on. Um, let me know what you think. What's the consistency like, you know, give them some different criteria because um, my master's degree is in uh, like business development and I want, to really make sure we're hitting a lot of different aspects in making the product as good as it can be. So I'll, I'll go and I'll send it out to different uh, individuals with different criteria, I'll let them, you know, just put them on whatever projects they're working on and, and come back and, and say, we like this, we don't like this. And then uh, we go back to the drawing board as necessary. And then uh, it's, it's really a multi-month process. Interesting.
1: Yeah. That's really cool. Cause I think, yeah, I think a lot of people, um, you know, might throw something like this together and then just mix some, like I said,
3: mineral oil and beeswax and be like, "Here's my wood conditioner."
2: <laughs> you you know, know, it's
3: it's super convenient, and I really applaud uh, people who do that because it's it's not um, it's not that difficult, but it does take a lot of extra time. Um, so it's it's really a good thing to do. However, you know, if you want to let someone else make the mess for you, you know, that's why we're here. Right, but, that's that's the best part
0: because I've heard from people that make this kind of stuff that like it can get a little bit messy at times.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 okay. side story. So we ended up going and everything used to be made in our kitchen and I'll tell you what a hassle. I mean, we, we have a clean house in general, uh, Mm -hmm. thanks to my wife. And then, you know, she'll get me to also clean the house. But, uh, so we (laughs) like detail the kitchen and then start making the product and then, and do that. And there was this one day where I decided I would like to move this gallon of conditioner that I just filled from the Island over to, you know, kind of, you know, on the other side of the, the room, and it slipped oh, and no. it was oh, no. Hot, no. wax everywhere. But luckily, uh, this product is great for uh, a lot of different materials. So it ended up like <laughs> cleaning and, uh, you know, the, the wood floor kind of slick, but uh, it made it look nice, but good, good it can be, a, yeah, it can, well, don't <laughs> use it because it was super slick, but it's definitely, <laughs> well. um, it was something else, but hey, I mean, the, the room smelled good. So there was that. Yeah, I bet it smelled awesome for a while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's, it's, it's fascinating. Like I, I hadn't even thought to ask that, but then, so now you have this product and you have you're wow, you're doing it in your kitchen. Like, are you, st- just so I understand, you're still doing it in your kitchen. It's still being done in, like in your house. You don't have like a separate, like a commercial kitchen or like a co-packer of any kind. You're still making this yourself.
3: It, everything is done by me. And we were in the Washington Post, was it last, uh, last spring at some point? and had a big influx in sales which was excellent and then that awarded us the opportunity to uh, we have a walkout basement and from there we were able to go and my dad who's been a construction worker for um you know several years of his life came and helped me so we we pretty much just framed it up so downside was it turned my normal workshop uh and cut it the size in half so suddenly i had a you know limit that but the good side of it was it opened up this great part of the house that was not really being used other than for my general workshop and um, so now everything is done in our basement and it's more ergonomic because the other side of it was Uh, When I was making it in the kitchen, it was taking up the kitchen and it was taking up the living room and it was taking the family room and it was Mm. taking up the dining room. You know, it's just there was stuff everywhere. And then when I was done doing the manufacturing process, I would have to go and clean up, put it into like the uh, coat closet, you know, with a uh, certain things. It was just there was so much to it initially, Um, but we were such a low volume at at that point. So now it's. um, you know, it's, it's great because we have different stations and it, it flows so much more fluidly than it used to. And, and with that, we're you know, before I was just using a small, oh shoot, what was it? I can't even remember how many ounces. It was less than a hundred ounces uh, per batch for this little like double boiler. And, and we've just upped it now. So it's several gallons and it has a spout and it's just, everything is faster. Plus we have an automatic labeler for our containers and everything. So it's, um, <laughs> I was watching know, some like, of
1: your Instagram videos on that. That's pretty yeah. cool.
3: Yeah, it's super cool.
0: Isn't it cool? Like you, you go from like, oh yeah, I live here to oh, I live here. Oh, and also, this is a production facility. Now, like, <laughs> it's it's funny how much you 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 start adapting. It's like oh, I can I can make this work better. I can make this work better. And before you know, you've created you've created efficiencies and killed inefficiencies that you weren't even aware that you had until you start realizing how much faster you can go. It's kind of crazy, right?
3: Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, just uh, talking about the labeler, that, that just the downside of having um, a little bit of a perfectionist syndrome, if mm-hmm. I didn't have a label on perfectly, it, the, the type of labels that we have, if you put it on, it's going to stay on. So then you have to get the heat gun to try to take it off, and it's such <laughs> a, so a long process. So now it's just... You set it up, um, and, and just go with the foot pedal and can really like, it's, I need to time myself, um, but it's exponentially faster than before.
0: Do you think your experience in the military and as a, as a commercial pilot, do you think that that's kind of made you more like organized and efficient in like running your business? Do you think those skills have overlapped for you? Do you? Have you taken anything away from, you know, the day jobs and applied them into your side hustle?
3: Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Two things come to mind immediately, checklists and customer service. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just something with uh, hitting the first point, being able to go from A to Z and not skip any steps can be very difficult, even when you've done it for a while. So having checklists and how to do things. And one thing that we're working on now as we're expanding, uh, for instance, is we are taking photos of how to properly... Uh, package the material, where the stickers go, where the different labels go, how everything is put together. So it's a visual step-by-step process. So in case I'm not around to do something, we can have somebody else do it, whether it is my wife, Crystal, or if we have employees at some point in a different facility, you know, we want to be able to set this up. So the business is not hinging on myself running it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's one of those things that that's one thing, but talking about customer service, um, everybody has an experience of terrible customer service. And my thought is I'm providing something to you and you are like really spending your hard earned money on something that I'm providing to you. And you deserve to talk to a person. You deserve to really get the experience and, and overall the satisfaction and confidence that you know where your money's going. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those two things, I mean, that's huge, but then obviously with, you know, customer service and aviation, you know, that's, um. Really important. So that's that's the other carryover. Yeah, I think I think that's uh,
0: that's something I don't think anyone really thinks about until it's like too late. Like you, you could you. It's much easier to to lose a customer than to gain a customer. You know, when you talk about marketing and sales, you're always talking about, you know, cost of acquisition. What does it cost to get you a customer? And what people don't realize is, yeah, you can, you know, you can get all the customers you want, but it's real cheap to lose them. <laughs> like it's really, <laughs> really cheap to lose a customer. Um, do you get what what's, do you get like support calls? Like what's, what's that? Like what's supporting a product like this look like?
3: Um, in what respect, I guess, what what do you mean?
0: Like, like, so customer buys your stuff. How do I put this on? Do you just like, do you have, like, do you send them to the website? Do you like, what, what kind of contacts do you get from your customers and what kind of infrastructure have you built to kind of handle customer inquiries and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, no, I get you now. So really, so everything that comes uh, from our shop, you're going to get at least two cards. One is going to be Mm -hmm. a how to use card. And the other one is going to be a customer satisfaction card. So we want to make it so, one, you know what you're doing, and two, if you are uncertain, you can contact us, kind of like exactly what you're saying. So Mm -hmm. really, it is an A to Z, this is how you can apply the Bumble Shoots product onto your cutting board or utensils, whatever it is, and, and be happy with it. But mm-hmm. if you do have any questions, then you're able to go scan a QR code on the card. Uh, so you take a picture with your phone of the little, you know, square shape, and then it takes you to the website and you can either leave a review. It will also allow you to go and send an email, say like at sales at BumbleShoots.com. Um, and then I'll, I'll take a look at it and I'll handle it accordingly. So it's one of those that um, as of right now, all customer service is coming right, right through me. And, uh, the Instagram and Facebook communities have been really good with reaching out um, with any questions or concerns pre and post purchase. So cool. those are kind of the two main services that we do.
0: It's hard. It's hard to predict. It's it's hard to predict what kind of questions you're going to get or how you're going to have to react. I actually had a customer who um, bought a cutting board from me, and I've never had this happen. I've made. I've been making them for years, and it actually started to split on one of the joints. And, you know, at that moment, you're like, you know, you think you're ready for something like that and you get that and it's like, oh, no, like, why did that? Have-? You know, it's funny because, you know, like, I'll make the board over. I don't care. I'll make the board 50 times until the customer's happy with it because it's just the right thing to do. Right. But you start thinking like, wow, what did I do wrong? Like, why did that happen? I've never seen that happen. I've never had that happen. And you you start second guessing yourself and you start wondering, like, did I do something wrong or, you know, something? Hey guess what? Sometimes things just fail. Like it just (laughs) happens. You know, I was making a cutting board. I was telling this, I think I told the story on this show, but I was making a cutting board a couple of weeks ago was, um, an order for a customer. And I had the whole thing like completely together and it was beautiful. I was so happy with it. And I flipped the board over and like two rows of wood just fell off the board like literally just fell off (laughs) like as if i had never glued. and i did glue them because there was glue on the joint i had to actually trim them a little bit to get the glue off and i'm like i have never seen that happen and glue is not perfect glue is not perfect and we we just don't see a lot of glue failures but for that one moment the glue let me down, and it was like I'm, I was so glad that it hadn't gotten to the customer first because that would have just been horrifying. Like you open the board and you put it down on the table, and now you have two boards. You know, it's like the worst <laughs> thing in the world. But,
3: so did, I'm sure you talked about it on the other episode, but did you figure out what it was? Was there some sort of barrier between the wood and glue, or what so was it? what
0: I what I so it was really like it was right at the end, and I it was it was I mean you would have to look at it with a macro lens, but it clearly separate started to separate. It's not completely separated. It's still attached. So what I told her was, I said, look, if you want me to, you can, I will send you a UPS label. You can put it back in the box and send it back to me. Um, She had bought it like a year and a half ago too. And I'm like, I don't even care. I'll, I'll, I said, I'll cut it. I'll I'll re glue it. I'll reshape it for you. She goes, well, it's all the way on the edge. She goes, I'm not too. Oh, by the way, it was a circular cutting board, too, she just, <laughs> which is know. a really stupid idea on my part. But I was like, she's like, can you do a circular cutting board? Of course I can. No, I'm never doing that again. But anyway, I, I didn't take it. She said, I'm not going to send it back for this little thing. I said, if it gets any worse at all, send it back to me. I will absolutely either fix it or I'll redo it for you. And that was like eight months ago. So my guess is it's not bad enough for her to be concerned. I think she just wanted me to know that it had happened. But, man, nothing, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing hits you harder than when you send your babies out into the world. And it's like, oh, there's a big imperfection on that one. What the hell happened there, you know? And oh, yeah. I know that. I know that, like, in shipping, weird things happen. Like, I've sent boards that are completely dry out to customers, and then they get it. And I used to wrap them in paper which is a really stupid idea. I stopped doing that after I saw I sent one to somebody and it literally looked like they got a like a greasy sandwich from a deli. And I was like, but that board was dry when I sent it out. What happened? I realized that just the temperature changes in shipping just caused the oil to just loosen up and start wicking onto the paper. And it's like that's just terrible presentation so what i do now is i wrap everything gets wrapped in bubble wrap and in my care instructions i actually say you know what in shipping because of temperature changes you may start you may see some oil residue on top of the board just leave it at room give it a good buff with a soft cloth and then let it sit at room temperature for a day and it should be fine but you know these are things you don't know like i didn't know that that was going to happen until it started happening you know (laughs)
3: Yeah, I feel like that's, that's part of, you know, having a business is you don't, you don't know what problems exist until they actually occur. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you, it's, it's such a hurt to the heart when I'll, you know, it doesn't happen often, but we'll get a picture every so often of like, Hey, we just received this, you know, soak and seal package, but it, the, the glass broke and the oils everywhere. And it's like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's, it's tough because it's like, you know, you did your best, but you know, sometimes shipping can be a, a hassle. Yep. Yep. It's yeah. shipp-
0: shipping. I find it's the one thing I know the most about with, as far as product stuff. And it's the one thing that never behaves consistently. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, you can't prepare for what's going to happen when something's in transit. I actually had, um, I had one can of the stuff that I put in with my boards. I had it arrive and apparently it had shift. The package had shifted in a certain way in shipping And I wasn't putting them in bags at the time. I was just shipping the can, like, packing it tightly in there with the instructions. And the board shifted, and the corner of the board must have hit the can just right, and it bent the can, and (laughs) it must have been warm, and there was just all over the inside of the container, of the Uh. box. And the customer didn't care. It's like, fine, I'll just wipe it up. It's not a big deal. And I'm like, damn it, what do I do now? Like, how do I stop? I was like, well, I'm just going to get some three mil plastic bags and every single can is going to go in one of those bags now. So every can that goes out now, when I get my order of cans, they all get put in bags and then they get put in because I didn't know that. But now I know it's like, OK, now if you ship one and it cr- and it dents or it opens or it leaks, well, now you're screwing up because, you know, better
1: you should do better, <laughs> right? <laughs> And yeah, I, it's I, all about uh, yeah, identifying something that you did wrong or could change and, and making it better. And, and doing something
0: about it. That's You yeah. know, it's not, it's not you don't have to be set in your ways about stuff like that. It's like, oh, I don't want to put a, that three mil bags. They're going to cost me X dollars. Yeah, they're going to cost you a buck or two. Yeah, they are. Good three mil bags with a good zipper on them that you can trust are going to cost you a buck or two from Uline. But you know what? You're never going to get a customer. All right, the worst that's going to happen is the bomb that you give them is the can the can gets damaged and you send them another one, but at least you know you don't have to run the risk of it. Just you know. what if somebody puts it on
1: their expensive couch and they don't realize it? Like, do you really want to deal with that drama? I don't. Right. <laughs> and this is something that you know it affects everyone. And I yeah, it's funny. I was just talking about this on on our last podcast episode, Proper Tools Podcast. <laughs> but um, in in my job, I you know design. You know, mechanical things, prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we have product that goes out there and it's over a year now. And so we're constantly, you know, getting feedback from the field. We're seeing returns come back or we're, you know, seeing customers say things about it. And we're constantly making changes. Every month mm-hmm. we have a meeting specifically for this product where we talk about what's going on and what we're going to change this, this time around. So, yeah, I think it's good to remember that because everyone's in the same boat. We should yep. all be identifying things to change and, and make it better.
0: Sometimes it's just a matter of like I. I so I, I'll give you a good example. So I give cutting board. I give care instructions with every cutting board I sell. That wasn't even something I was doing from the beginning, right? That was something I started doing as I started making more of them. Like, okay, this is I got to make this more turnkey for people. And one of our friends of the podcast, uh, Morley he actually said to me at one point, he goes, Hey, I I have this board from you, but I don't remember um, the application instructions for the bomb. And I'm like, Oh, okay. He goes, I go, I can send you a PDF. He goes, you know, it would be really cool if you had it on the website where we could just go to it. I'm like, yeah, why the hell don't I have it on the website? And it's like I could. Not, there's no reason I shouldn't have thought of that, right? But it was such a great suggestion. So I think it was that same day I edited my website so that in the help section now, if somebody wants to get the um, wants to get the care instructions for their board, the same instructions are on my website right there, where you can where you can find them without having to get me to email it to you. You know, and it's just like oh. Why the hell didn't I do this from the beginning? Because I thought I thought of everything, right? And that's 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 how it is with products. You think you thought of everything, and somebody comes along and just drops one little bit of knowledge on you, and you're like, "Oh damn, that just that's a
1: that's a really good idea." <laughs> right, but the fact that you you know you acted on it uh, mm-hmm. that's I think that's a good always a good thing to do. It's well, when because you didn't have to. You could have said, True. "Oh yeah, I'll just send them the PDF or whatever." It's just one person asks the question, and we'll probably move on, never hear about it again. And maybe that's the didn't.
0: good part of being a small business, though, right? I'm sure Eric. I mean, Eric, your business is a lot bigger than mine. I'm not even pretending it's not, right? <laughs> but it's isn't that the that's the great part of having a small, nimble operation, right? Like if you decided tomorrow, like, oh, I want I want to change I want to change the jars, right? Boom, you change the jars. You don't have to go through 10 layers of management and approvals and all this. It's like, no, I, I think this would work better in this kind of container or this would work better. You can just kind of do it, right? It's the fun of being a small business. You get to try stuff and just see how well it works.
3: You know? Oh, yeah, because I feel like every every maker, there's a level of an artist in there that like they love the ability to really – move things, adjust things, make things better, and really fine tune, you know, whatever product they're presenting. Um, And it's so nice to be nimble at this early stage, because there's been times, you know, in the professional pastime where you have to ask for permission from so many levels to get something done. And it's just, you feel handcuffed. So it is nice now to be able to move and, and adjust accordingly.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just, in my day job, I can't, right? I have flex. I have a lot of flexibility. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm chained to my desk doing stuff, right? <laughs> but in reality, I still have people I have to answer to, and I have people I have to answer to on a lot of different levels. So it's, um, it's weird, like, when I get to... Sometimes I, I feel like I love doing what I do, you know, my own business. I love doing what I do because I get to not have to deal with that. I get to go... I want to change this. I can change this. It's not a big deal. When I set up, I always joke, when I set up the shipping for my business, I set it up for a company that's 10 times the size of mine, right? I can I can plug some I can take a computer, put it in a quote warehouse, and have someone doing my fulfillment in five minutes and my whole system is completely automated. Is it overkill for my business? You damn right it's overkill. Can <laughs> I grow without having to think about it? You damn right I can. And I'm very happy about that. But
3: no, and that's but, huge. And that's kind of the mindset I've had from the get go is I'm not going to just be this guy making, you know, a dozen wood conditioners and spice jars and shipping them, you know, every other week I, I've i had from the the, the get go is how can we always be looking ahead mm-hmm. and making life easier? Because it's just it's tough when you you are in the process and then you have to wait and you're jumping through hurdles to get to the next stage, it it can just, it can kill your progression and having that mindset is huge.
0: Hold on one. Oh, sorry. I, I, I'm getting weird text messages as we're talking, by the way, I'm really sorry about that. I just, I got zoned into uh, a conversation. Um, (laughs) No worries. When that happens anyway. Um, we're at the one hour mark already. By the way, He's right. gone so
1: freaking fast. I can't even believe it. I can't believe I know. it. I was like, "Yeah, hey, it's thirty minutes in," and then all yeah, of a sudden, it, it, we're an it, hour and five in.
0: <laughs> let's. Um, why don't we do some? Uh, why don't we do some things of the week? Um, normally, what we do. <laughs> normally, what we do is we let the guests go first. But since we have a guest and a substitute co-host, this is interesting. But I think we'll let Eric go first because Eric has an interesting one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well,
3: I appreciate it. So. Uh, I was going and and flying with this guy and circling back to pilots trying to think of different opportunities to make extra money or whatever on the side because of the extra time we have. uh, A guy was talking to me about like, yeah, there's a... um, a really cool bin cleaning business. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, yeah, I almost bought this $80,000 truck that cleans out trash cans. Like, what are you talking about? And he ended up going and he said, he explained this entire thing. And more or less like it's, uh, I guess what he was telling me was it's, it's relatively popular in Canada and there's some spots doing it here in the U S but what it is, it's like you can more or less franchise and buy these little um, I shouldn't say little They're about the size of a regular like garbage truck and you can work with the local garbage agencies and you get their network and you more or less you follow their garbage trucks and then you have your clientele. So you show up in your bin cleaning business truck and it has like a hydraulic arm, picks up the bin, flips it up upside down. And then it has kind of like a nozzle kind of like um like a more or less an up like a, a pressure washer and it cleans the inside out. And then it, uh, w- like with hot water or whatever, then it soaps it. And then it has like pressurized air to dry it. And then you, you get this fresh, clean, you know, I, s- you say it loosely, but garbage can, I was like, what a crazy idea. And <laughs> I that was one of the cruelest things. And then cause uh, this fall before, um, it was getting too cold. Uh, I had our pressure washer and I was spraying and I was like, this is disgusting. So when he was telling me this story, I was saying, that is an awesome idea. And I'm sure some people really appreciate it. So um, that's one thing that I thought was kind of cool here this past week. That that sounds amazing because, yeah, our trash can is pretty
1: disgusting and I've considered cleaning it out before. But also, like, I know what will happen is you shoot the pressure washer and there's going to come right back at you. I don't want to do that.
3: <laughs> no, he said it was like, um, the average charge per customer is like 20, 25 bucks. And I'm thinking for that amount of money to have it done every month or two, I feel like that's great. Cause nobody likes the smell of trash. And if you can clean out, you know, the garbage can, why not? So yeah, I think he, uh, ultimately passed on it just because of the initial cost. And he said where he lived in Illinois, it was just going to, he'd have to have X number and it was going to be a lot of money, but, um, it's definitely a cool idea. Yeah, it
1: yeah, seems I, like one of those like side hustle businesses that it's it's either going to work or it's not. Yeah, <laughs> you it's, know, you we got to try. I guess that's it.
0: That's that's what's interesting about it because I, I was looking at so when you mentioned what you were talking about, I was like, I think I've seen these before, and then I looked at the, I looked it up, and apparently it's in Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm looking at the. Um, I'm looking at the pictures of this thing going, Oh, that's genius. <laughs> that is just freaking genius. Like I see, like sometimes there's, you know, the crew that does the garbage pickup in my town. It's four guys. It's three guys picking up picking up bins and one guy driving the truck. And it's like, wow, you could do most of that. As long as the bins are at the curb where they need to be, you can do most of that with like just one other guy just making sure that everything works. Like,
1: wow. I, These are genius. Cool. This, uh, I found this company, then they make those trucks and they'll do like your trash cans or they'll do like dumpsters and Oh really? Yeah, they have a big one that'll grab a dumpster and tip it up and then it they can spray method. it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen what's in some of those those big as they call as our English and Australian friends call them, some of those big skips. And <laughs> wow, they put a lot of stuff in those. <laughs> like, yeah, that's This is like one of the, I'm not going to lie. I always thought Uts cheese balls would, would rain forever as the weirdest thing of the week. But I do think (laughs) that this is weird and awesome all at the same time, which is great because that's kind of what thing of the week is supposed to be. It's like something you've probably not seen or thought about and something that's interesting. So this is, this is a good one. I, I have, I have, if you guys follow the because we make Instagram account tomorrow's as we drop this episode which is the carousel day where we put the things of the week in a post there's a picture on the card with eric's pick of what the truck looks like and then in the show notes i'll have a link talking about the trucks from edmonton alberta it's it's pretty interesting stuff actually it's definitely the most interesting thing
1: of the week we've ever done <laughs> i'll take that trophy <laughs> Nice. you earned it yes jake okay. What do you got for us this week? All right. So since I'm playing Ethan this week, I have two <laughs> of things of do. the week. <laughs> I laughed my ass off when you said that
0: in the chat, by the way. Since you were playing Ethan this week, you oh, get good. to have two of them. That's what I was going for. Th- I, I, that was freaking yeah.
1: wonderful. I, I practiced my impersonation today, but I didn't I don't think I got it very good. <laughs> um, no, so uh, my 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 first one is a video game for I think it's on the PC and the PS4, but uh, it's called Cities Skylines. So if mm-hmm. you ever played the old Sim City game uh, back in the day, uh, it's basically that, but times maybe a hundred. <laughs> it gets super <laughs> deep, and you have to manage traffic, and it just gets insane. And so, I have a PS4, but I like never play it. Uh, but I downloaded this game because it was free one month or something, and I started playing it, and. I don't know. I might quit YouTube and just play this game from now on. (laughs) Because I don't know what happened, but I totally became obsessed.
2: Really? Is that good,
1: huh? Oh, it just sucks you in. It never ends. You're always like, okay, I got to make some more residential area. Oh, man, traffic's backing up. I need to put in like an interstate. So What what is happening? So this is interesting. So this is interesting. So I have, okay,
0: I had never played any of the sim city games and Whoa. then what was it about five or six years ago i think it was they re-released it for ios and they they kind of dumbed it down for stupid oh, people like me the sim
1: city build thing y-
0: yeah something yeah. like it, yeah yeah it was it wasn't like full-on sim city but it was like you know sim city for sm- for smart people who aren't as smart as they think they are like me <laughs> and i really really got into it for about two weeks yeah. and it just i i don't know i just it started to the better i the more i played and the longer i played it the more i started feeling like it was really stressful <laughs> like yeah i started and, to get very invested in what was happening and i realized like i have to stop playing this like this is really not good right now
1: that that's where i'm at with uh cities skylines um I'm on kind of a forced hiatus. I have a video to get done, and <laughs> I kind of decided, you know what? Until this video is done, <laughs> no more cities. <laughs> I have to get this video done. So <laughs> uh, incentive. That's freaking um, amazing! Yeah, it's, no, it's 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 super fun. I recommend it if you have a bunch of time to kill. And awesome. I don't know.
0: That's, uh, it, it it is one I've heard of. It's not one that I've played, but it is one that I've heard of. So
1: yeah, it's one of those, those rabbit hole games. Just goes on and on and on. Big total. Reddit community. Um, avoid that at all costs. I was just gonna say, <laughs> are you sure about that? Oh <laughs> yeah, man.
0: I love Reddit. I love Reddit, and there are times where I, I tend to my my Reddit time is like right before I go to bed. Like I'll fl- i have my phone in my hand. I'll be laying in bed. <laughs> oh man, right that's <laughs> Yeah, dude, this is a really stupid thing to do because I can I can feel myself, and I have a I have a don't comment on this policy in my head, and it's like don't comment, don't comment, don't no bad bad vincent bad bad <laughs> vincent don't comment it's so hard to not comment on some of the
1: things that people say on reddit. i know i i deleted reddit off my phone so if i want to look at reddit i'll just use the browser <laughs> um because it just i don't know sucks you in and then i get angry and i'm like i shouldn't be angry at what other people think and also why am i reading these subreddits
2: <laughs> why am i
1: here why am I here? You have existential crises over the city subreddit. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> why am I here? What right. is this about? <laughs> well, why do I care about how he draws his city?
0: You know what um, got me the other day? Okay, I'll just give you an idea of the kind of crap. I'll just give you the kind of crap that I uh, that gets me every time. So I was watch- I was scrolling through Reddit the other day, and they were talking about some ad that Saturday Night Live had run. And of course, you know, when you bring up Saturday Night Live, you know, there's two people, there's two kinds of people, (laughs) there's the people who say it's not funny, and then there's people who are wrong. And there were people who were saying like, oh, I don't know, you know, just I'm so tired of this. It's like, how do you not appreciate the amazing amounts of, you know, on the fly and improvisation that goes on? And I'm like, you think there's, I actually said it. I'm like, you think there's improvisation on Saturday Night Live? and uh, oh boy did that open the floodgates i'm like oh my god what did i just do why did i comment on that why did i come why 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 you know better don't do this Uh, yeah
1: don't break people's reality don't comment on
0: reddit ever read lurk enjoy don't comment
1: and uh, on all of my youtube videos i definitely make all that stuff up on the fly and i'm not reading a teleprompter (laughs) <laughs> oh man it's just uh, it's it's great um <laughs> all right so my other one um is the all my other thing of the week is the all new amazon kindle uh <laughs> they're really getting creative with the names by the way <laughs> right I, I had to look it up i was gonna send it to you and i was like "Why well, I, I it's not any kindle because we have one of the first kindles and it's a piece of garbage um and so I, I was never interested in Kindle, and I read sometimes, but usually audiobooks. And uh, um, you know, before the holidays, my work does like a little holiday party, and they uh, kind of raffle, well, yeah, raffle, raffle off a bunch of stuff. And uh, so I won this this Kindle, the all new Amazon Kindle, and um, it's actually super cool. It's uh, really good. Yeah, like I said, I I wasn't a big I've always been a somewhat of a reader but this Kindle kind of changed it. I just I've used it every day since I got it. It I didn't realize that holding a physical book and flipping pages was that big of a barrier to my reading <laughs> until I got this device and I'm like, oh. "Well,
0: so here's a f- I'm just going to relay a story for you. I actually have the original, the very 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 first Kindle." Nice. When it- like the white one with the sh- with the garbage keyboard. I almost said an S word, which is unusual. <laughs> um, with the garbage keyboard and the stupid scroll wheel and the big paddle flippers on the side. I have that. I wow. have it inside. And if you put a battery in it, right? If you charge the battery, actually, the battery's in. It. If you charge a battery, it still works, hundred yeah. percent. Damn thing is, I think I got it in two thousand six or two thousand five. Yeah,
1: bulletproof man.
0: And yeah, you can't kill it what I didn't understand when I got the Kindle was how much better e-ink is for reading than an LCD. And I don't think people who haven't experienced it, like, I'll just read on my iPad. You don't understand how much better it can be. You just don't. It's
1: no. And now with the new one, like that old e-ink is kind of like this gray black on gray.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And the new ones with the paper white stuff, uh, it's amazingly good. I, yeah. I, I I only even, so I actually was trying to win the the Ember coffee mug because I heard Ethan talking about it and I was like, oh, I want to get that. And we had it in our raffle. And um, so I put most of my tickets into that and left a couple left over. And I'm like, <laughs> what else do I want that they're giving away that I could win? Because I'm not going to win the, um, you know, the virtual reality headset, right? Because everyone's putting in for that. Mm-hmm. I bet no one wants that Kindle. I'll get that. I'll return it or something, get my hundred bucks. And I won it amazingly. And now I'm like, ah, I'm keeping this thing for sure.
3: <laughs> it's so much easier on the eyes. Like because oh. anybody that stared at a, a laptop for too long, it's just like you get a headache. But like with that, you can read for such a long time and feel fine.
1: Yeah. As someone who stares at computer screens literally all day long, uh, it's game changer.
0: It is absolutely like one of the things I love about the kind, particularly the Kindle Paperwhite, is that the the light. And I don't even have the nice new one with the adaptive color screen, but the reading at night it doesn't assault your eyes. Yeah, and it Which, adjusts
1: so. Yeah. That's the one I have, so it changes uh-huh. the temperature.
0: I I kind of almost. I mean, I don't use it as much as I used to, but I kind of almost want to get the one you have just because I want to see what that's like because it's such a nice experience to read on one of these
1: we're gonna get another one for my wife obviously because she's super jealous but um i compared it to the last model because they have the the previous model on sale for pretty Mm -hmm. cheap and um it doesn't have that temperature thing and it's also micro usb or something stupid like that and, oh uh, no. The peasantry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? Micro USB, what is this? In twenty twenty two? How dare they? Twenty eighteen or something. It's no. it's
0: it's always funny to me how much we've taken for granted that USB C is everywhere when it's actually not, but we just kind of
1: like take it for granted that it is, you know? Well, it's one of those technologies that came out that's like almost meaningless as far as like I mean, physical size, obviously, no pun intended, but it's a very small thing that fixed a problem that we didn't really realize we had, which Mm -hmm. was when you're trying to plug in a USB cable and you can't figure it out because it only goes in, you know upwards or downwards but both are wrong
0: yeah i was just gonna say you ever notice by the way no matter what orientation you put it in it's wrong and you have to flip it twice to put it back to the original orientation which was wrong the first time you tried it but right the second time for some reason yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah we all wow we are just we're becoming the cranky old geek show now and i love what's going on here (laughs) but it's it's so true like it's so relatable i think any the only people who don't relate are people that just haven't like done anything like ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool um yeah so i have the links for both of those in the show notes i have the link for the ad supported one which is 139 you can get it without ads yep. for I,
1: <laughs> so yeah i appreciate that my work gave away a free kindle but it, it is the one with ads on it. you can buy the ads off it by the way uh, yeah it's 20 bucks and, uh, <laughs> you know the ads they put on there are just for books that they think you want to read anyway I, so
0: i'm gonna tell you so mine when i bought it had the ads originally and the ads i bought so many books off the ads i only got rid of the ads on principle but the the ads are actually good
1: <laughs> they're not bad i i feel like they didn't used to be good i I don't know. I think
0: that's probably
1: accurate. They did because we had be the Kindle from 2010 ish, I mm-hmm. want to say, and it was a hundred bucks and came with ads. And I swear they advertised like nonsense and products and yeah, stuff,
0: stuff. I think ads have just in general, plus Amazon has a larger body of data to work with now. I mean, now they just it's yeah. creepy what they know. I mean, I'm sitting here talking to you guys in front of an echo that's sitting on my desk, and I'm pretty sure that that echo is recording the podcast right along with me. And there's a backup sitting at the NSA,
3: but that's a whole other oh, yeah. story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you um, like the link to BumbleShoots.com? <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: So last week, my thing of the week was Funimation, which is a survey, a survey, a service for bringing anime from Japan directly to the United States. And what I love about Funimation is that Funimation does their own dubs and they do them very quickly, which means you don't have to wait forever for something to air in Japan to get it in the United States. And I have just been consuming irrational amounts of anime um, since I signed up for Funimation and it's probably just because I'm so tired of American entertainment in general, just in general, I'm just bored with it all. Like, it's like, Oh, okay, we're doing this again. All right, cool. Yeah. So I started watching anime because I had a lot of over the years, I've picked up a few series that I wanted to really get into. And it's like one day when I just have nothing else or I'm bored, I'm just going to grab these and start watching all these. Well, one of the series that I started watching on Funimation is called my hero academia. And it's basically, if I had to compare it to anything and, you know, there's a lot of typical, like a lot of archetypes that you'll recognize, but it's like if Harry Potter met superheroes, it's kind of like hero Potter. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically a high school to train kids with what's called quirks, which are basically genetic mutations that give them special powers. And they basically go through a training program to become heroes. And it is one of the best things I have ever watched, movie, television, or otherwise, in my life. I cannot stop watching it. I am I am up to episode, I think, 109 or 108. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, that's how many. I've watched 100. That means I've watched 108 episodes of this show. There's only like 12 left until I have to wait for the final season to come later this year. <laughs> oh, it's man. such a good show. And it makes the the depth of the characters and the amount of the backstory and the, the number of sheer tearjerker moments that have happened in this series. And for those of you who are My Hero Academia fans, I would argue that episode 61 is probably the biggest tearjerker in the whole series, at least so far. I imagine there are more. But it's it's such a tearjerker that it actually sticks out. The number sticks out in my head. And I've actually – I said that to a friend of mine the other day. I said – because we were talking about the show. I was like, God, episode 61 just broke my heart. And she goes, oh, is that the one blah, blah? And I'm like, yep, see? I didn't even have to tell you. You knew exactly which one I was talking about. But (laughs) just brilliant writing, an excellent show. And it's something you could actually watch with your kids. I mean – there's some stuff that's a little over the top for really young kids. But if your kid's like eight or nine, you could probably get away with it. You know, kids kids are used to a little more now than they used to be. I would – even if you don't have kids, I would highly recommend that. I know – we think of cartoons as kids programming, but it's not that really that way in Japan. They're kind of more just entertainment in general and kids happen to enjoy it. Whereas in the United States, cartoons are clearly targeted to kids. Right. But how I've never really watched anime. How
1: long are the episodes?
0: So, um, for my hero academia, the episodes are, they're 24 minutes, but really it's about 20 minutes. It's about 20, because there's a short intro. The hard thing about watching with Funimation is they don't have the automatic intro skipper that Netflix has. Oh. Which means you have to literally skip through every intro manually on every episode. And you get to learn, like, every couple of episodes, they they change the intro, so you just have to learn how long it is, and then you just take your Apple TV remote, and you go click, 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 and you know how far to (laughs) go, and you're just watching the episode. Right. Yeah, it's such a brilliantly written show, and I, I really wish... I know that it sounds like a dumb idea to a lot of people, but oh man, if you have, I, I hear, I've been told that if you have Hulu, like one of the premium Hulus, it's also on Hulu for um, the dubbed version. I
3: tried watching the subtitled version. You can't watch the subtitled
0: version. It's, there's
3: just too much going on. Sure, because that was my next question was uh, what platforms it's on. So yeah, we have the we have Hulu, so we'll, I'll take a look. I think, I honestly think it's it'll surprise you with how good it is.
0: Like I think... I was hooked on it on the second episode of the first season. Like that's how fast it got me. And that's what 40 minutes of television. And I was like, this is one of the best shows ever. And it's just gotten better and better to the point where I think it was last week. Yeah. It was this past week or the, maybe it was the week before it was like, I was, wasn't feeling particularly well, which was great. (laughs) (laughs) I sat on the couch with a blanket up to my nose And I just watched My Hero Academia all day. And I went through a whole season just sitting on the couch. (laughs) It was amazing.
3: (laughs) Some of those, like, having a reset day like that is so important. So
0: yeah, that's pretty good. I I am very bad. I am very, very bad at that, by the way. It's one of my shortcomings where I feel like I feel guilty when I rest. And I know I need to, but I I, always feel like I should be doing something. I should be doing something else. And what I've been doing now, I have forced myself, I, I last couple of weeks have been stressful to say the least. And what I've been doing is I started playing animal crossing again because I realized that when I was most stressed last year, the one thing that calmed me down and kind of centered me was playing animal crossing because it's just such a, it's such a nothing game. Like it's the dumbest game in the world. But what it does <laughs> allow you to do, it just lets you just get absorbed in something that disconnects you from quote the real world right and you still feel like you're doing something but you're not like feeling guilty about doing nothing and right. that's
1: only it, on the switch right
0: yeah it's only that one's only on the switch yeah um but yeah i would highly recommend yeah i think eric i think you're 100 right i think it's not only important but i think it's something we need to stop feeling guilty about resting i really do feel, i am really really bad about that and i'm trying to get better and by get better i mean rest more <laughs> which sounds like what you're trying to get better at being lit. La- yes. I'm trying to get better at being lazy because sometimes you can't run at a hundred percent all the time. You're just going to burn out. No, I don't care who you are. It's just your threshold for when you burn out is the only thing that changes, not if you're going to. So, right.
3: Yeah. Cause I feel like that's something that almost every, small business owner can relate to. And even, you know, anybody in in the workforce is that if you keep pushing yourself, you're gonna burn out and you have to force yourself to stop because there's always gonna be something to do, but -hmm. you know what, it'll be there tomorrow. So um, that's that's one of the main things I've been doing the last few months too, is just dedicating a a single day at the very minimum, every single week, just spend time with the family, try to put bumble shoots on the back burner and really make sure I'm present with my family, because that's, it's, time is one of the most important things that we have, so you don't want to waste it.
0: I think, and, you know, I've talked about, I, I should know better. I should know better, because I, ha- I went through, I won't rehash the whole story, but I went through a pretty major cancer scare um, in 2018, and I should know better about resting and listening to my body, and I got very good at it for a while, but it got to a point you know, in the last couple of, in the last year and a half or so, where I just ignore my body, it's like, no, I am just going to push through, rah, 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 and go go go. And it's, no, you stop, don't do that. That's not the thing to do. It's okay to, it's okay on your weekend. <laughs> it's okay to have a couch day. It's okay. Like if you feel if you if you are thinking you need it, you probably do, and you probably needed it longer than you realized you needed it. So just take the couch day. It's okay. It's okay. The world will be there tomorrow. Don't take a lot of couch days. Just yeah. right. Take the couch days you need to recharge so you can get going
1: again. That's the important thing. There's a difference between resting and procrastinating. Yeah, and, I,
0: and don't procrastinate on resting.
1: Ooh. Nice. Oh, oh, full
0: ooh. circle there. See, look <laughs> at the knowledge you gain on this little show. <laughs> this little show. You know what else we gain on this show? A lot of money because we have people that financially support the show. We actually don't gain a lot of money. We're not rich or anything, but we do have (laughs) some people that generously contribute to this show. And those people include, i got to take a breath to get this list out. It's getting longer and longer. Yeah, it is, right? Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and more, Rory from RLO Woodworks and DIY, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, aka A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Haiduk, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Nata Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad at Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langerworks, Jacob from Other Dog Designs. Oh, look at this. Jake from Make with Jake. I don't even know that guy. Um, (laughs) Big Al Schultz Well, you know, that's how you get to be a co-host on this show. You (laughs) buy your way in. Um, Uh Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks. Justin Ofler, Bare Maked. Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks. Adam Mackey, Maker Mackey and the Clamp Podcast, which I can say now and not sound like an idiot. Kim and Garrett. Andrew Richard if Andrew Richard Makes. Kellen Hazelip from Kellen Makes. David from Southern Style DIY, who for some reason doesn't follow me on Instagram and I'm not bitter about it. Jeff from The Weekend (laughs) DIYer. Sean Woolworth from, oh look, Sean Woolworth from the Proper Tools Podcast. Chris Raley from route nine signs, Henry Davis from HT one metalworks and Austin Saunders, the high caliber craftsman. Thank you so much for your support of the show guys. We really appreciate it. If you can't support the show financially, then we'll take any level of support you can give, which can include sharing the show, telling someone else about it, or even writing a review. Cause we love getting reviews. In fact, we have one, but we don't usually read reviews until we do the shows where we need filler and we use them to fill in the <laughs> show. I'm not going to lie. That's what we use them for. If you have a moment, um, check out all of the people in our Hall of Fame at makehall.com slash Hall of Fame. Also, don't forget to check out BecauseWeMake.com slash Listener Shops for all the people who, yeah, you need a gift or you need something custom made. We have some really talented people who listen to the show, and all their stores are linked on that page. So if you want to check their stuff out, feel free to head over there and order something from them and tell them we sent you, and they'll treat you like royalty. Or maybe they'll just send you your product. But either way, you'll get something and you'll pay them and everybody will be happy. It will all work out. I think that's going to do it. Eric, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. I, it's it's It was a much wider ranging conversation than I thought it was going to be. But it was so interesting just like talking to you about everything, products and being a pilot and you, you have like a rock star life. It's just awesome.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not the rock star life I was thinking, but hey, you know what? It's uh, keeping me busy. And, you know, <laughs> Vincent and Jake, awesome talking to you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. And um, I've had a blast just uh, sitting back and talking with the guys for a little bit, you know. So it's, it's good to, like, this is kind of my decompressing, just talking to you guys for a little bit. So thank I, you so much. Yeah, this was so- super fun.
0: I am so sorry that your decompressing involves talking to me. No one should ever decompress by talking to me. That's, a, that's I'm very, very sorry. Me, man Don't <laughs> Well you oh, you're at least boy. a nice guy. I'm kind of a jerk. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, well, that's the point you're seeding, huh? All right. Well I had to drop it in at the end of the episode.
0: You know, uh, you know, Zencastr gives me separate tracks.
1: For everybody, would so this be like moments of silence throughout the Yeah, it's the whole just going to be like,
0: weird, awkward silence. This is a people... weird
1: episode. What happened? Yeah, you know, just we like... don't talk about it. <laughs> it's the episode that
0: shan't ever be spoken about. The episode again. where
1: Ethan did come in and we just didn't have a co host.
0: <laughs> we, had, we had a ghost seat in honor of Ethan. <laughs> The ghost host. <laughs> but that is going to do it this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week. We will have a guest, I think. I, we don't really have anyone booked yet, but I think we'll get somebody. I have somebody in mind, and I'm going to see. I should probably get that sorted. And then the week after, hmm, he's fighting me, but um, something special might happen <laughs> the week after this. And he's going to keep fighting me on it. But um, as he's listening to this, he's going, I'm re- I'm not just fighting you. I'm not doing it. But um You'll have to listen to find out. And until then, have a great week, everybody, and we will talk to you then.